Welcome back to the Roman's Empire pod, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. And on the chopping block today is Manchester United. Oh, boys. Well, I mean, I guess I should introduce you first before we actually get into it. Som, as always, got to introduce you first just to piss off Andres. How's your weekend going? There's a, there is plenty of shit to be talked about today, um, <laughs> about this Manchester United side. It's like, where do we start? Bruno Fernandez, like, this guy. Played Suarez twice in one week, I felt like. <laughs> he, he, I've never seen a guy complain even, what was that, Andres? They both have huge teeth. Th- that's, yeah, <laughs> wow. Like, that is where the comparison starts and ends, honestly, with them. Actually, no, there's a lot. actually, there's, there's actually a lot more. Um, but those, yeah, the... I can't even put into words how uh, watching Bruno makes me feel because just this guy, you know, complaining to the ref about every single possible, you know, touch and bump or anything like that. And, you know, it's just he, he has the numbers. He has 15 goals, 10 assists, right? Something like that in 20-something games. So he's putting up the numbers. What they don't tell you is – Eight or nine of those goals are from uh, penalties, but you know he's. It's it's so hard to to hate on him as well because of how good he is, but it's easy to hate on him because of how. Uh, I, I have some is. great Bruno stats um, for when we get into him later on in the pod, but um, Andres, how was your weekend, man? Uh, I besides the the nil nil. Man, honestly, it was just not a good football weekend for me. Uh, my coaching season started, and we played the hardest team in the division, and the results showed. And then tonight, I had my Sunday league game, and it was just frustrating match that we lost 2-1. to one. Um, We lost a player to injury early on, and yeah, Oof. the team just wasn't the same after that, but... Rough. Hey, at least my FIFA football worked out for me, so I, I guess I gotta count my positives somewhere. I had a, I had a really bad beginning uh, to my FIFA weekend league. Start off one and nine, and then I ended up I think I ended up eight and twelve. So I went on a seven to three run to finish it off. Yeah, I know. I just needed to get that eight wins uh, to make make somewhat of a respectable weekend. So. Shout out to Robert Lewandowski. Uh, thanks for pulling it out. But let's 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 get get back to this Chelsea United match before we get too carried away. Yeah, yeah, not not ultimate team, which is starting to like slowly blend into real life for me. Like I can't. It's hard for me to tell the difference. But uh, United nil, Chelsea nil. Obviously, I it's the thing about this match was that. It, it kind of lulled me to sleep and i it's it feels like a blur like i remember some key chances and be like in between uh just a bunch of grayness and like i i really don't remember what happened but let's start off with the lineup because i think this is this is a good place to start the initial thoughts when seeing the lineup so mendy and goal uh back three of dave christensen and rudiger Midfield pairing of N'Golo Conte and Kovacic, uh, pa- op- with opting to go for the what was what was the name we said? Uh, Kovante versus Jovicic. Kovante. At- it, it didn't sound as good. It sounds like like, like some kind of like Latin creeper. 
I don't think either of them it sound sounds, particularly good. It sounds like a neighborhood good, creeper. But... <laughs> Why don't we say Kontovich? Kontovich. That sounds <laughs> that's, good. That's actually not bad. Uh, yeah, but... Kontovich sounds a lot better. So those guys, whatever you want to call them as the midfield yeah. pairing, uh, then Ben Chilwell, the return of Ben Chilwell, left wing back Ben Chilwell. He's he's officially a wing back after today's performance. Uh, and then Cho starting, but coming off at half for what appeared to be an injury, and uh, you know he got taken back to the locker room. And then up top we had Ziyech on the right, Mason Mount on the left, Drew as striker. So let's start off right there. Um, that's your initial thoughts on the starting lineup, Zach. What do you think? Uh, so I had a late light, late night last night. So here in LA, we had an 8:30 kickoff. I, I I woke up. My alarm woke me up at around 8:20. Um, and that's when I saw the lineup and, and first right thing I kickoff. thought, literally right before kickoff and I'm drowsy, you know, right when you wake up, you don't know what the fuck is going on. I looked at the lineup and I didn't react to it. And I, like, I got up, washed my face, got back into bed, turned on the TV and then it hit me. Where the fuck is our pace up top? And so that was, that was the main concern for me. Um, I wasn't necessarily fussed about Reese James not being selected or the squad rotation. I said last week that I want to put out our strongest lineup for this game because I think the league needs to be prioritized right now. But we did put out a strong lineup nonetheless. But that that front three of Mount and Ziesh was something that uh, we never talked about. But I think I could speak for all of us when we say something that we never even considered because mm-hmm. it just sounds ridiculous. Um, hey, speaking of speaking of pace up top, dude, that one play when United United got <laughs> us on a counter and it was it was Daniel James and Marcus Rashford just flying down the down the field and Dave just trying to catch up to him. He said no chance. And good thing Conte uh, was able to block that off. I've, who who crossed that? I think that was a uh, that was Luke Shaw. So yeah, I mean, I think probably his weak foot. Uh, but. <laughs> That was so funny to see, like Daniel James and Rashford, those two plus Mason like, Greenwood, two of the fastest guys, man. The, Seriously, like, those are those are two of the top like ten fastest players in the world, probably. So yeah, it's, that 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 just gives so much more credit to our defense and how how amazing they played. But Andreas, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the initial the you saw the starting eleven? My. My only thought was, all right, here's the Ziyech test. Recently, I said that maybe he'll play better if he started. So I was like, okay, maybe the play will be that Ziyech needs to just lump balls into the middle to mount and Giroud and and go from there. And, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Ziyech in a little bit. But that was my one thing that caught my eye. I was, I was really not good with Chilwell playing at wing back because like Zach mentioned, Daniel James, Mason Greenwood and Rashford are very quick. And that with Alonzo scares me. <laughs> um, the back three we knew yeah. wasn't going to change. Even, even I expected Conte over Jorginho here. So yeah, the one, the one thing that shocked me was the, the complete exclusion of Tammy. He wasn't even on the bench today and Tuchel mm-hmm. was very clear to say that it wasn't an injury. So that was the one surprise for me today. And I didn't even notice Tammy wasn't on the bench <laughs> until I texted it in the group chat and Sam checked me and I'm like, 
oh, I just made myself look like an idiot in front of all the ref ultras. Hey, but yeah, I was wrong too. Was I was I was wrong too because I said he was out because he was hurt. Turns out he was yeah. just not selected. Strong. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but l- l- let's talk about Ziesh a little bit because we did get a, a question, or it's more of a comment from uh, at Austin Blues. Shout out to Austin Blues, right, Andreas? Those are your boys yes, sir. Uh, and girls. Uh, so he says, Z, talking about Ziesh, presumably, had a dour first half. He picked up his game in the second half, but he wasn't on today. Great save, denied us three points today. I, I agree with that 100%. And, I th- and Andreas, you said this a couple episodes ago, or it might have been last week, actually, how Ziesh requires a little bit of time to kind of work into the game. And uh, just like we, we, we can't afford that. Uh, to a certain extent, like to have to wait for him to play, and just uh, actually, I want I want I want you to talk about that a little bit before I go on to my next thought. But um, like, well, is that is that an issue? Just having to wait and for him to feel get a feel for the match before he can start picking it up? Because I mean, in the second half, he did look pretty good. He did have that one shot that you know, yeah, it was a great save. De Gea pretty much saved it while I was behind him, got a hand on it, so. Uh, yeah, I that shot to me annoys me because he hit it straight at De Gea and made De Gea look good. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yes, De Gea got a hand on it, and that's a great reaction. But, dude, two inches away from the keeper anywhere else and we score. It's just – I don't know what it takes for these guys to, to just put the ball slightly away from goalies. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, we, we don't have that luxury right now. We don't have the luxury for a player to wake up in the 60th minute because especially against a top six opponent where a victory here would have put us, I believe, three points away from United. So when we're struggling to score goals, we can't wait for our quote unquote creative offensive threats to wake up in the 70th minute. And again, in these matches where the other team is is just as threatening as we are even more of a reason to be on since minute one. I I know that it's a new league and all this stuff, but I'm more lenient when it comes to someone like Havertz taking a while or, or Pulisic because these are younger guys who haven't hit their prime. But Ziyech is 27 years old. Like He's the one guy we signed apart from Thiago Silva that is supposed to be the finished product. And he's the one that struggled the most, arguably, uh, in recent in recent times, he started off pretty well, but I I don't know what else T- Tuchel can do to make the guy improve when he already displaced Mount from his preferred right side to fit Ziyech in there. So I yeah I'm I'm not sure what the guy can do to get a full ninety in there, but but at this point when we're facing the, the big dogs, you know, the guys that we're trying to catch up to, you you can't have a starter, you know, wake up in the 60th minute. And I'm actually shocked, you know, that Tuchel didn't pull him at half because I thought that he was one of the worst players in the first half. Zach, what'd you think? Uh, I think he would have come off at the half if, if Cho didn't get hurt. Um I flipped out. I initially thought Cho got subbed out to, you know, because Tuchel just loves subbing Cho out at inopportune times. But no, it turned out to be an injury, so hopefully he's okay. But I thought that would have been a good opportunity to take Ziesh off. And, and I said in the group chat too, we needed pace. 
United's back four, or yeah, back four, um, they were push. They were playing a very high line, and they were happy to do that because they knew that they weren't going to get beat in behind. Um, Harry Maguire is 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 slower than Alonso, just to give you some perspective. So why wouldn't you put out a guy, put a guy out there who can kind of make the runs beyond them? In the first half, um, I was kind of critical. I mean, like everyone else. Um, and, and uh, of Ziyech, and I think it's very well warranted. He passed the ball to nobody uh, on multiple occasions. Um, it just looks like he's a little out of his depths. I don't know what, um, I don't know what it is exactly. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not any any sort of footballing expert. Um, I, I'm just a fan with the podcast, but I can usually see something that a player might not be contributing or a, a piece of a player's game that might be missing, whether it's defensive or offensive. With Ziyech, it just seems to be that the pace of the Premier League and the physicality of the Premier League is just too quick for him right now. And I'll go back to, to, to Werner's quotes that he had about a week ago where he said, I wasn't expecting the Premier League to be this crazy. You know, like the physicality is really, really impressive for me. And that's coming from one of the fastest, one of the quickest players in world football. Um so for Ziyech, yeah, he, he that, had specifically said that the center backs are bigger and just as fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. You know, Ziyech isn't a player that relies on his physicality for for his game. You know, he he's silky and he's smooth. Um, but in the Premier League, you don't get away with that, especially in a Chelsea versus Man United match where the table looks like what it looks like. The implications of the game were way too big. I thought the call to start him was ballsy as fuck. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that the combination of Mount and Ziyech will work whatsoever. And I said it before, and, and I'm going to keep preaching it. I don't think Ziyech gets into this team as long as we're playing this 3-4-2-1. Um, as long as Mount's playing the way he's playing. The only way I could see mm -hmm. Ziyech getting in is if Mount is not in the starting 11. Um whether it be injury or squad rotation, whatever. Mount can't be there, and Ziyech can't be there occupying the same spaces. Because at the same time, and Andres, maybe you can kind of uh, back me up here, I was noticing that Mount and Ziyech, you know, both of them have tendencies to drop off um, and, and collect the ball in deeper positions, especially because Conte wasn't being progressive whatsoever. So one of those players were constantly dropping off, and I think that was actually by design, to help Kovacic out progressing the ball forward. And Oftentimes I noticed Mount and Ziyech occupying the same exact spaces and, and they would both drop deep and leave Giroud isolated up top, um, which is a terribly bad idea. So, No, you, you're, you're completely right there. I, yeah. I saw it too. And, and the thing is, is that Mount has been doing that for this team because it's been Werner plus Giroud or Werner plus Tammy. And, and Tuchel has said that Werner is most dangerous when he's running into space. So, mm -hmm. of course... You know, I'm not sure what the instruction might have been today, but it should have been one or the other. Like you said, it shouldn't have been both guys dropping back because then they turn around and there's only one player and then it's Giroud sandwiched between Lindelof and Maguire. And the guy's good, but he's not like two people good. So, yeah, it's – I wonder what the instruction was. I wonder which one of the two guys got it wrong there. I know Mount has been doing that role recently and maybe – he was supposed to adjust into what Werner usually does, but it's just frustrating that that Ziyech, who 
was so clinical during that like unbeaten run in the fall is now one of the names that we don't want to see in the team sheet. Uh, this is what wor- this this. Uh, sorry, I just want to say one. Th- yeah, because Ziyech, this is what worries me about him. I think in this current formation, until we switch it up to have a four three three or something along those lines, I just don't see him fitting well in this in this formation because we're right at this point mason mount is not is is undroppable i feel like and if you're gonna put mason mount in uh i don't want him on the left side um i would rather have a guy like pulisic or timo Werner. but with with timo Werner and Giroud, i i it's just it, he they don't have that link up play that pulisic and him have uh so so hold on, let me go let me let me go back to the Ziesh thing. This is a, that's a different thought. But with Ziesh, if if he's going to be playing in, on the right side uh of this 3-4-3, it's just it, it's just to get like you said everything you've said before. The paciness, like he doesn't have that and it, it's just I worry that if we don't implement something new for this season that he's just not going to get the kind of production that we we're used to until you know probably until next season when a different formation is implemented but i don't know i just worry about that i think i i think the thing with ziesh and i don't want to i don't want to like put him in a certain category but i'm just going to kind of say what i want to say anyways i think he's too technically good of a player to be taking heavy touches and losing the ball in matches like this so the physicality is clearly the issue here um, but I'm also getting a sense with Ziesh that he has a little bit of that. I don't want to say his name, but I think you have to. He's one of those players that if you want to get any sort of production out of him, you need to accommodate the way he plays. Right. So if you're going to put him in that three, four, three on the right hand side, you have to play him with an overlapping wing back who's going to stay wide. And you're going to have to play him with a forward who can who could win the ball aerially because that's pretty much all Ziesh is going to give you for the most part and and that's what he's looking for but I don't know I mean I just get the sense that he's one of those players that you need to accommodate in a lineup and Tuchel's not willing to do that um you know you have to be of a certain caliber for a manager to be willing to do that um aka Hazard Mbappe you know fill in the blank all those teams build around one specific player Ziesh you have to do that, but he's not performing. So it's again, Sam. It's I'm kind of in your boat where I want to see him on a team sheet. I just don't want to see him in the eleven, starting eleven. The thing is, is I think when we were playing the four three three, like Sam was talking about, Ziyech didn't have to deal with the physicality of it as much because he's isolated one v one. So he got the touch the ball and then defenders waiting to not get beaten on a run down the flank. So if he cuts back in and then puts in a peach, that's because by design fullbacks are not rushing into tackles while he's playing as these floating tens. He's now between a center back and an outside back and a DM. So he's inside this like little kind of triangle of players. And it just feels like he thinks he's only got one guy in front of him and the ball he gets caught up from behind or gets taken the ball from the side. It's just it's just not working in the 3-4-2-1. And in the 3-4-2-1, again, these floating tens technically aren't they're not give they're they're not supposed to be holding on to the ball 
statically very long. They're supposed to be making quick decisions, and it's supposed to be sort of that ground and pound kind of thing. It's just supposed to be like two, three touches, one, twos. It's not supposed to be, oh, let me wait till that guy makes the run perfectly so I thread the needle between three passes. Like That's not going to happen when when we play in this formation and, and, and in this style. So, again, I hope Ziyech has at least the the is it foresight to like look ahead and see that there might be a, a light at the end of the tunnel when we switch back to a back four. But for now, I I, I don't know who or, or what can be done to make him change his, his playing style. Like you said, Zach, it, it feels like he just thinks like this is all I'm good at and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But for now, we can't just keep forcing the matter when it's not working. I appreciate you, Andreas, for putting my thoughts into words because I'm like half asleep right now. And what I was trying to say was was exactly what you said. And what I said <laughs> was just complete gibberish and rambling for nothing. So I might even go back and just edit that and remove that completely and just replace <laughs> what I – I'll just copy what you just said and put it in what I was about to say. There you go. That's how I'll do it. Movie magic right there. Um, let's talk about our defense a little bit. Um, we got, we got, uh, at Colin blues forever to write in, uh, at, uh, on Twitter. He said, we can't score goals right now. That's understood, but our defense has been solid. There needs to be more credit for something that we once struggled with. And that's, that's absolutely true. In the, in the two matchups against United, it's a aggregate score of nil-nil uh, combined. So we haven't let up a goal to the number one scoring team in uh, in the whole Premier League right now uh, this year. So that, that that's something to give credit to. We also got another Twitter question, comment, I don't even know how to explain it, uh, from Dylan at, I forget what it is, Dylan CFC. He asked, or he wrote AC and Rudy. Wow, what a performance! So, I mean, those two in particular played phenomenally today. Um, we'll uh, I'll go through Andreas Christensen's stats real quick. I mean, the numbers say a lot, but just when you what you saw, it, it, it spoke even louder. Three out of three duels won. Seven seventy seven passes completed. A hundred percent completion rate. Five out of five long balls. Two out of two dribbles completed. And I think he was the only player who was not dispossessed the whole match. I think I saw that earlier. Uh, so he he played phenomenally. Um, you would and be correct. That, thank you. And uh, also in Golo Conte, just to add in, I, I feel like i got to throw him in there. Plus Mendy. I mean, just Very credit to everyone. Big saves mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, Big so saves. I mean, like when, when, you, when you look at all of those players and you're – Obviously, the man of the match has to come from, from that group because uh, we're not we're not giving it to anyone who's trying to be a goal scorer. But uh, who do you give it to, man of the match? Is it is it in Golo Conte? Is it Andreas Christensen? I mean, who, on Zach, who do you think? It had to be Conte for me. Um, he was imperious. I, I I said it before we recorded. This was the first time in a long time where like i nutted multiple times throughout the game for defensive <laughs> plays that our defenders made it was insane uh, so i i mean it wasn't only angolo 
Andreas Christensen was was absolutely ridiculous in the game. Um, he didn't put a foot wrong. If you look at his stats statistically, he was perfect. Um, but but Conte for me breaking up play, a constant nuisance in the midfield. Um, every time he tackled Bruno, I clapped um, because it was just hilarious to see Bruno's react. Bruno complained after every. You could complain if any other any of the other ten Chelsea players tackle you. If N'Golo Conte tackles you, you can't complain. He's not a dirty player. So yeah, fuck Bruno Fernandez for that. But yeah, it it, w- it was a really good performance from him. I think it was interesting the way he was deployed in this game. If you look at his actual touches, he touched the ball about thirty times less than Kovacic did, um, which I think was again by design. I think that um, part of the logic in starting Mountain Ziyech was to maybe get an extra man. Uh, in the middle of the field to help Kovacic progress the ball forward. So Kovacic was the one doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I think that balance worked at times. We saw it work in the second half um, when we were able to get Werner on and and, and Pulisic and and a little bit more pace on the pitch. Um, But overall, a really good game from him, man. I think he's he's slowly getting back to his best. And the the thing for me right now with Conte is that he's played so much football at this point in his career and when you look at his age and how much we've used him over the years, the most important part of having him is managing him. So, you know, playing him in matches like this makes total sense. I, I prefer him over Jorginho any day of the week. Um, but I don't want to see him playing every single match. I, I'm scared that Tuchel's going to fall in love with him quickly um, because who doesn't? Um, so that's my only concern with him is that, you know, the little niggling injuries. But if he stays healthy, it looks like he got his form back. He looks happy under Tuchel. His role has been simplified um, times 10. He doesn't seem to be given half as much direction as he was under previous managers. So I'm happy for him. It, it was really, really refreshing to see Conte kind of dominate a midfield again. It, it's It's been a long time coming. Andreas, are you going to say something? Or are you just going to let out a sigh of relief? man i i mean it's just crazy to me that we're back here just watching christensen ball out again like i i i did i thought he was done i thought he was entirely done i mean i i thought that i mentioned it multiple times that we should have sold him in the summer i didn't even think that he deserved minutes under lampard and here we are tiago silva goes down and then christensen is like a Tiago B B team Tiago Silva. The only thing he's missing is like the piercing long balls to to his arsenal to to be as good because it's it's crazy. In a back three, he's just got the world at his in the palm of his hands, and and he can just do as he pleases. It's I I'm baffled like in the best way possible, and I'll eat my own words wow. when something AC, like this happens. If if Christensen's listening. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think he found his new super fan, man. This is... <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. I, I still can't wait for Tiago Silva to come back because it makes me feel like with Tiago, you're, it's one of those things where with Christensen, Christensen Conte together. Great. Tiago, you're allowed to have Jorginho back on the pitch and, and it makes me like breathe a little bit easier, but it's just the fact that we even have to debate whether it was him or, or Conte that got man of the match today speaks volumes. And, and to that extent, I'll even ex- extend the praises to Rudiger who thought he was Zuma and, and decided to 
to venture out a bit to the, to the attack. And, and for parts of that first half, it looked like he was the only guy that wanted to score goals for Chelsea. So the fact that these two guys have some sort of renaissance in, in, in terms of what they bring to this team, like props to them, because we we all can agree that they were not anywhere in, in, in the top of Lampard's plans. And now with this back three, I I feel like they're on the verge of like another contract extension in the typical Chelsea way that where we quickly overreact as a board to give players contracts. Like I, I can't see them being put on the chopping block at the end of this season based on their performances. Damn, Dave is 31, by the way. Uh-oh. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll give him extension, I think, but questions he'll play less he'll he'll take less playing yeah time to stay. He, he already said that he doesn't like coming off the bench but he's not he doesn't consider himself a selfish footballer that was like the quote so shout out dave we already yeah, knew that's that our what's captain. new that's yeah. our captain right there um but andres andres i'm gonna hop on the ac bandwagon with you man it's it, it's not only a bandwagon it's just his comfort zone because he, he's comfortable playing that, that CDM role, and he doesn't have the qualities of playing a back two, but he's so good at reading the game, which is he's tailor-made for, for, that, for that back three position. If he continues, you sign him next year for an extension. Do you take him off the uh, supposed transfer list, I guess you could say? Um, it depends, because, again, I'm not – a hundred percent sure that the back three is is the long-term plan like i don't see i don't think we're gonna go into next season 80 percent of the time with a back three so again i there's a reason we're still trying to sign a center back that's all i'm gonna say yeah and also like what if a team from the bundesliga is watching uh christensen play and offers us uh, you know, 30, 35 million, something like around that range for him. I think uh, that'll be great business. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely increasing his, his uh, market value as far as stock. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the pen, the penalty incident. Cause I still have no idea what the hell <laughs> happened um, and why, why it, it wasn't a penalty. Like, you know, if we're being real here for a second, because uh, I, when I saw it at first, I was like, oh, my God, it's a handball on uh, who's a great it was Greenwood, right? Between yeah. Him and Greenwood. Greenwood. And I was like, yeah. I was like, are you really not going to call that? Like, come on, that's a clear handball on Greenwood. And they they show the replay and I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. That was actually it hit off Cho's arm first. Uh, and. I mean, it, it just they they reviewed it, and then you know the the big board that says that announces the VR decision said review, no no foul or no no call. I don't know what it was, but does uh, does anyone? Know, I mean, after the match, uh, Ole, how do you pronounce his name? Ole Ole. Ole? I, Who gives Ole. a fuck? That's how I do it. He spoke on how <laughs> he's exactly that's the right answer. He spoke on how he thinks uh, they were cheated out of three points and complained that Ooh. United had suffered from the wicked wrath of VAR. Oh, man. The poor, that poor Manchester United just never benefit from VAR. And, you know, just they always get unfavorable calls. It's just, you know, sad story. Um, but, you know, 
I, I, I personally don't feel even a little bad for them. I, I, I just actually do want some clarification, though, what what the reason it was for this. But, Zach, what do, you, do you have any thoughts about uh, Ole, what Ole thought? Yeah, um, Ole's a bitch. It was pitiful. Uh, and, so, and honestly, so is every United player. It felt like we were playing Suarez 2.0 when we were playing against Bruno and all That's their bullshit game, antics. Bro. That's their game. I don't give a fuck. Scott McTominay well, sure, song, yeah, I hate it. Dude, he's making, he's making a strong case for being the most bitch-ass, high-kicking, non-footballing piece of shit since, guess who? Eric Dyer. Um, but here's the thing. They were cheated out of a pen. Like, yes, it did hit Cho's hand. It would have been harsh, in my opinion, if it was called. And 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 to be honest, I've seen those given. But come on, man, it, it was unfair to who? Manchester United, and and and, and those guys are <laughs> are the kings of fucking over their opposition with their twelfth man, aka VAR. And 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 I have a stat for you guys, just to just to kind of one giant, two double-fisted fuck you to Ole. He's conceded 42 penalties in all competitions since he took charge back in 2018. 42 some, okay? Do you know what the Premier League average is during that same span of time? You guys want to take a wild guess? I mean, I mean, I know you see the script here, but if you guys didn't read my, my, my rant. Uh, is it like 20? I don't know. 13.1. Oh, damn! So what's forty-two minus thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> They've oh, gotten twenty-nine more like penalties. Two point eight, than... something like that. It, 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 they've gotten twenty-nine more penalties than anyone than the average Premier League side. So I, I'm not buying the whole. Oh, we got cheat. He said specifically we got cheated out of out of two extra points because that wasn't given. Well. No, you didn't get cheated out of shit. You're isolating this individual <laughs> incident because your ass didn't set up the team to do enough to win the game. The fact of the matter is they didn't do enough of all the other things to take away three points. When you look at it, nil-nil draw, one point to each team. I thought Chelsea were the better team, and that's not me being biased in any way, shape, or form. We dominated the second half. The first half, they had all the possession. What the fuck did they do with it? Absolutely nothing. So mm -hmm. if Ole's going to sit here and complain about boo-hoo, we didn't get the penalty, poor Manchester United, we're 12 points behind City, we're really close to winning the title. No, 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 fuck that. You didn't get screwed <laughs> out of two points. You've gotten, really the benefit of the, you've gotten the benefit of the doubt every single time before this. So it's nice to see that one call goes against you. But stop complaining about fucking not getting a penalty and start looking in the mirror at yourself and saying, what did I do wrong? Because my team looked terrible today. They mm -hmm. weren't good on the day at all. I thought I thought they were there for the taking. I thought at the end of the day, it looked like two points lost to Chelsea. But for him to sit here and say, oh my God, we didn't get that penalty. Give me a break. That's it, It's just pitiful at this point. Spot on, <laughs> Zach. Fucking, that was your best rant, I think, so far. Thank you. It really fucking pissed me off, man, because it's it, it it's like you're you're gonna sit here and complain about the thing you've been benefiting from for God. Yeah. It's kinda like it's kinda like when all the it's kinda like when all the billionaires complained about the GameStop stock 
<laughs> and yeah, it's dude, like, exactly. oh, we finally like, 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 like the poor man <laughs> finally realized how to how to stick it to the rich man. And in this case, it's like we finally get the benefit of the doubt from from VAR or from the re- from the referee, not VAR. It was the referee, VAR thought it was a pen. Yeah, yeah, it was a center ref. So, well, so, so so to keep it rant free but on topic, <laughs> the no, so encourage, the, the rules changed. The, the rules or laws of the game changed recently saying that basically any arm that is not connected to the torso is what? like like if you're, an, okay, what so arm me, is not connected like, to the torso i meant like, it's if like your a arm, is, arm. Not, is not in direct contact with your torso meaning like not extended got from it your, oh okay anything like that is supposed to be a handball like they're not supposed to be interpreting was it a natural position was you know th- that's Mm-hmm. It, from my understanding, that was supposed to be taken away from the game. But then you also have to put into perspective who our referees are, and they're English referees, and they have a big ego, and they're interpreting the law however the hell they want because, again, they're not the best referees in the world, and they don't go to the World Cup. Simple. They don't even get invited by FIFA. <laughs> so here's my thing. Yeah, it's true. This man. referee is applying the old rule. He's is arguing that Cho's arm was up because he was defending against Mason Greenwood and the ball went to his arm, not his arm to the ball. And for once, I'm okay with it because, again, we talk about Man United's luck getting the penalties. At the same time, I can give game match after match after match of United doing stuff to our players that was far more... uh, in your face and still didn't get calls. I can point at the Maguire hitting Mashuai in the nuts. I can point at Maguire kicking the crap out of Aspie earlier this season. It's things that, you know, karma is a real thing. And mm-hmm. today we got lucky that Steve, is it Steve Atwell, is that who it was today, decided that, yeah. hey, Cho's arm was in a natural position and it got hit. And I'm okay with that. But the the VAR referees tried, but at the end of the day, there's no such thing as a wrong call because, or there is no such thing as a penalty. The ref doesn't call it. So this is this is what is funny about this whole thing that Ole pretty much played his hand in admitting that they they rely so much on 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 the penalty that they need it in order to win. And that's why he was so mad that that he blamed the loss on his inability to get awarded a penalty. You know, like that's that's their game plan, and that's 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 what really pisses me off. But you know, to each their own. That it's it's a if, if those are the rules of the game, and you want to exploit it, be my guest. Then, then I'll we'll, blame uh, we'll I'll blame gravity. I'll blame gravity for not letting Giroud be an inch forward when he dove headfirst to try to header a ball in the first half. So I guess yeah, man. I guess gravity's wicked pull also screwed us out of three points. Yeah, man. What was that about? Gravity acting all crazy in that particular instance. Whatever. Um, yeah. Um, Stupid. So... What goes up must come down. Bullshit. Fuck that. <laughs> Isaac Newton. Who? No, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, but. I, th- I think uh, something that's something that we should also look at to ourselves, to be completely honest, because as of late, I think I mean a lot of our goals have been coming from penalties. To be honest, we've just been unable to create 
on our own. Um, and you know, we 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 even got a Twitter question from about this uh, from at Prosh CFC. Uh, I forget what his full name is. Uh, it was it's Prosh Proshanth Proshanth, but we'll just call nice. him Prosh for short. Shout out, uh, shout out to Prosh. He says. People keep blaming Tammy Abraham, but even a prime Lewandowski or Inzaghi would struggle for us, considering we create absolutely nothing. No Lampard to blame for tactics, so is it time to look at the players making those decisions? Ooh, a bit brash from Prash, right? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, Thank you. I mean, I, I, get, I mean, to be... That was no pun intended, but it actually was a pun as well. Um, but it, I don't know. I mean, what do you, Zach? Oh, you you answer. I can't. I can't. Um, I'm not buying the we don't create enough. Um, that's I I I don't know I don't know what game Prosh is watching. But but I thought I thought we created more than enough in the second half to score multiple goals, not just one. Um, but I think his point about you know blaming Tammy and blah blah blah. Look, this is a recurring problem with how many managers now since Sari was here. We've been trying to figure this this out. How can we score more goals? How can we put teams to the bed? Um, Chelsea's figured out how to defend all these years, and now we've sort of changed our philosophy and, and started getting this nuanced style of football where it's more progressive and attacking. And Tuchel's come in and his, you know, he solidified the back line. We're not losing games. Um, yes, we've dropped a couple points here and there, but overall the lose. team is playing. We have yet to lose, and the team is playing well. He's done more than steady the ship, so I'm not blaming him at all for this. For me, it's the players. You look under Sari, we had the same exact issue. Um, you go back to Frank Lampard, at times we're free scoring, and we're scoring three or four goals a game for a run of matches, and then all of a sudden we hit this dry spell where our strikers aren't scoring for five or six matches. I'm I, I'm going after the players here because I've said it time and time again. I don't think we have a goal-scoring bastard on our team that's a selfish piece of shit that looks up to goal every time he receives the ball. I think we're missing that kind of player. Um, and the more I'm kind of watching this team play, the more I'm realizing that Timo Werner is not necessarily a not, a, an out-and-out out number nine. I think he's a complementary player more than anything in the sense that if we get someone – I know we've been linked with Holland, so I'm just going to throw his name in there just to appease the masses. But let's say we get a guy <laughs> like Holland who yes. is, a, is a proven 20-plus goal scorer. I think if you put a player like Timo Werner next to him, you're going to get this insane amount of production. So – you know, we, we didn't get it from Tammy. We're not getting it from Giroud. We're, it looks like Werner's position's out on the left. I think that's the missing piece to our puzzle. And, and I've been team Tammy from day number one. I'm still not doubting his level of talent or the levels of talent he could reach in the future. For me, it's, you know, he's hit a point in his career where this is probably the toughest point or the toughest uh patch of games that he's ever had so he needs to he needs either one fight himself out of it or find a way out of chelsea i mean it's that simple i think tuchel's leash is very short at this point and we saw it with tammy we saw it with him hooking cho he's not afraid to make 
those kinds of decisions. So this even goes for guys like Ziyech as well, who aren't necessarily producing either. Um, you know, I think Pulisic's time's coming as well. You know, he's gotten a lot of minutes also. So you look across the board, all of our attackers are underperforming in large part. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to attribute it to that. I just remember you crushing me when I suggested uh, Tammy Abraham goes on loan uh, this summer. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that. Dude, can you imagine him at Aston Villa this year? That would have been so sick. That would have been be so Ollie sick. Watkins. Exactly, but better. Mm-hmm. But I, I I know, man. It's But for sh- I'm thinking of three words, Andres. Do you know what three words I'm thinking of right now? Erling, bro, Holland. Yes, on <laughs> we, I just keep on seeing these, these you know, twitters with under one thousand followers tweeting rumors that you know, Roman Abramovich gives valid, his valid thumbs sources. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they keep on popping up. Like, you know, at, at some point you gotta just accept that. I mean, I don't know. To me, actually, the more and more I hear about it, the more it's like, okay, it's legitimate. It has some movement, some motion. It's just like, maybe if I, you know, speak into existence, it'll happen. But who knows, you know? <laughs> uh, you know Dortmund I, loves to sell their players. Yeah, and if they don't make Champions they League, like, he's exactly. going to ask out. So, it's, yeah, it's, there's not a very high chance that Holland stays. But aside from that, in terms of what we do, on the pitch right now and saying that Lewandowski and Inzaghi, all that. I just don't think that the chances we're creating are quality chances to begin with. So like you look up technically what's considered a chance. It's just anything where the final ball leads to somebody having an attempt at goal, period. It doesn't have to be a shot that makes it, it can be blocked. It can be off target and, and sure on paper, we created 14 chances today but of those 14 chances only six were shots on target every other decision was a poor decision it was a bad shot like so again we're I, not taking a shot at all Andres. i think that's something that not, needs to be said no too. we are they're just stupid we're taking 30 yard shots and that counts as a chance because it was a shot so like i'm not out of the 14 chances we actually created six so no we're not creating good chances and and I think that goes back to, for one, it, again, if everything that leads to a shot, whether it's good or bad, is good, then yes, you're right. Mason Mount, to, to our listeners, Mason Mount is the greatest creator in the Premier League. But again, if he's <laughs> not tallying assists, it wasn't a freaking great chance. Like, just because on paper, again, here's another cha- th- thing. Hakim Ziyech leads the match with five chances. Two of those were the wow. were the one of those was the shot that got blocked and then the follow up shot after. Zero. So so again, zero goals. So it's it's just that we're not having again in this three four two one, the the midfield that line of four players has to be better at creating or finding that front three quicker, and that just doesn't happen very often. I I, I saw like a screenshot. I didn't realize this happened, but there was a counterattack. Four Chelsea players. Two Man United players, and somehow the ball ended up to the right wing back who wasn't even in the shot that the television had when that counterattack started. Yeah, it, it's you're right. It's not. I, I agree with Prosh. It, it's not a Lampard thing at this point. But I also went back and started thinking. Okay, 
players we have. Like who who in our team is creative? And here's the list of players that have been piggybacking off of Hazard's love and talent until like Lampard came back. We had Giroud, Jorginho, Kovacic, Alonso, Aspie, Conte, Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma. That is nine players who are still in this squad who have never been creative. And out mm-hmm. of those nine players right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight are starting in this 11. And you're ex- telling me that we're going to be creative? No. Like, the only players that have been doing anything creative are the the academy guys. And at best case scenario, we have two of them on the pitch at once right now. And Pulisic has been hurt, so he's not playing. And Havertz hasn't even had a chance since he got COVID. Yeah, so, that's another one. So we have eight players on this team that have never had stellar assist numbers, that have never had stellar goal scoring numbers. And, and we're wondering why we're not creative. It's just not there. Like at the end of the day, this team was built on Hazard's back. Hazard's no longer here. And some of those players are still around. And we don't have this world-class elite creator to save us. Should we had Cesc Fabregas that could pass. He's yeah. gone. He's too slow for this league now. Again, Hazard left right before Lampard got here. We thought Pulisic was going to be that after Project Restart, and unfortunately injuries have gotten the best of him this season. It's Right now, the guys playing are not creators, and, and, you, and you're expecting Mount and Cho to do everything. Yeah, that's going to work out for us. So people that are like, oh, well, we need to trust in Tammy, like, Look, we're not we're not a team that's gonna sit here for five more years until these guys do something. And and again, I don't even think Tammy is the problem. I think it's the guys behind that front three. And there's no penetration Tuchel, from the midfield. Until Tuchel drops Mount back in midfield and adds another creator in that front three, we're not gonna see goals. And unfortunately for us, Tuchel does not see Mount as a double pivot midfielder in this in this formation. So this problem unless we magically listen to what how Tuchel wants to create goals and, and implement it perfectly, the goals are still not going to come this season. Like, I, I, I want people to understand now that we're stuck here. As much as I thought we were going to blow up, like, no, we're stuck winning one or two with one or two goals tops. I'm starting uh, – and that, and that was my point too. Is, is like I'm, I'm thinking we're in the same – we're going to be stuck here also. I, I said it before, and I'm going to admit, you know, I thought we were going to blow up. I thought – shit, we're going to have a, a three, four goal explosion one game. And it never happened. The team isn't giving me any sort of vibe that it's going to happen anytime soon. And if it does, I'm going to assume it's a fluke. Um, but, but again, until we get somebody that can come in and help us win ugly and, and get us over the, over the line with these one nil wins or two, one wins, we just need that bastard, man. I'm telling you, I, I I really, really feel like this team is still missing that that striker. And unfortunately for Tammy, you know, there's a contract situation, which we haven't even mentioned. He's not re-signing yet. Um, so he's probably gone at the end of this deal. If Tuchel stays, I'm, I'm assuming Tammy's gone for sure in the summer. It doesn't look like it's a relationship that's going to fix, that's going to get fixed anytime soon. So yeah, I, I think we're going to eventually have to look elsewhere, but I also think there is a bit of that Tuchel's, Tuchel's come in and he's put the system in place 
and we're seeing the ball movement and the front three looks fluid, but we're getting into these positions, but the final decision is garbage. Um, Whether that be the cross, the pass, the shot or no shot. Yeah. It's the final touch Um, or the final two touches. I guess you could say the pass leading up to it too. We just always, we, we constantly make these bad decisions. Last game we mentioned it. There was a play where, the ball got crossed from the left to the right and back from the right to the left. All in the same play. The ball got just recycled. It, it was virtually the same exact play that didn't work, repeated over again, just on the other side of the pitch. So, again, it's Tuchel could only do so much with these guys. He's come in and he put a system in place that's putting players in good positions where they should be capitalizing, and they're just not. Uh, whether it be their decision-making or their form on that particular day or if they decided to give a fuck um, I don't know what it is, but yeah, and, I and know again, for a fact that if we bring in that 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 world class proven goal scorer, it doesn't even need to be a striker, just an attacking player that can get us goals. I think this team will will hit a different level. But to your point, Andres, I think you're spot on. We have a lot of of dead weight here, um, of 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 projects that didn't work. Just, and I think just that's limited. The it, it's not even dead weight. They're just limited on what they can do, and and together yeah. that just limits the team as a whole. And and again, in the last two matches that we drew, the the previous match, Reese James skies a ball that he, while he's inside the box. That's a win right there. And then today, Ziyech has the best chance in the game, and we just hit it straight at the keeper. It's like, even without that, you're, like you talk about that, that bastard, that guy that can get you 15 goals by himself, kind of like Diego Costa basically willed during uh, Conte's title-winning season through that December period where we would play like crap and he would somehow create a goal. Even without that guy, we should be winning some of these games. So I, I we lack creativity, yes, but we just lack like general common sense when we get inside the box, and, and that's the crazy part to me. Like, I bet... <laughs> I feel Tuchel's frustration when he jumps in the sideline when he sees players do something extremely stupid because the guy was blessed to have someone like Mbappe and Neymar who have been consistently doing the right thing. So I get it. He's like, man, I'm taking you to the finish line. You just have to cross it. And and I'm talking about the metaphor cross, not cross the ball. Just just get across the finish line. You're right there. Tap-ins, side of the foot, placement shots. Why do we have to tear the net a hole for the goal to count? Like, why does it have to be a, a rocket to go in the back of the net from some of these crosses? Those are simple things that I just don't understand. But but again, to Prosh's point, it isn't a, a, a tactical issue that we're not creating. I think it's just an individual player skill level and IQ thing at this point. Yeah. I want to see Pulisic back in the lineup sometime soon. If it happens against you, yeah, exactly. I I hate to admit it though, but he hasn't done it. He's another one. He hasn't had an opportunity though. Yeah, he hasn't had a full run out in a match in in ages. I I thought it was weird that 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 he was that he was willing to start Ziyech ahead of Pulisic. Considering I thought the same thing. It was his first game back because he he Mm -hmm. didn't they didn't they take him off. He was completely off the last match's game sheet because, uh, I mean, the team sheet because of an injury. Or did he play? 
don't he know. The, it was as, he played like ten minutes of Atletico, but it was yeah, like Atletico. The, the exact like... game we weren't trying to create at that point. They were right. watching his calf or something. And I mean, I think it's a good chance, but we'll let's uh, let's go through some of our Twitter questions before we get into Liverpool. So this first one is hello. This is a great one from Ron, aka Ron Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, aka Bone Daddy Supreme. He asked. Is there a bigger bitch in football than Bruno? I mean, I already gave my little rant. Andreas, do you you wanna wanna give yours? <laughs> I mean, I think he's probably top of the list in the Premier League. I'm sure I can think of somebody. Gabriel Jesus, Eric Dyer, Marijuana Fellaini. Uh, who else? <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I, there there are so many guys who Chelsea have played in the past that are just. I don't. I say the c word too much. I promised myself I wouldn't say it as much anymore. But they're all the c word, and you guys know what c word I'm talking about. Dude, in England they say it like every other. I know, word. but I know, but here in America it's different. It's, it's just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, next Tuesday. A, yeah, Bruno. Uh, yeah. But I mean, is Bruno the biggest bitch we even played in the past week? Though I mean, Luis no, Suarez has Luis to be Suarez. up there. That's the problem. Yeah, honestly, exactly. not even just Luis Suarez. That whole Atletico team was on another level. Like, yes, the United players were just complaining today, but I haven't seen something like what Atletico did last week in a long time. That was just embarrassing. What about Ashley yeah. Barnes? I think he's on that list, too, of just, like, pieces of shit that we played against. Yeah, like the pieces of shit that flies into his mouth. No, that's not Ashley. <laughs> that? No, that's Ashley Young. I don't think <laughs> that was Ashley Young. Ashley yeah. Young. <laughs> I thought he's, you know, Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes, yeah. He's a bitch, United. But, um... <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know I, I, I'm almost willing to put Harry Maguire on that list too because this yeah. guy complains to the referee more than anyone else. I mean he complains just as much as Bruno does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Lord. I think I think we got we yeah we got we put we compiled a pretty solid list of uh, the top bitches in all of football so let's go on to the next we're missing question. anyone tweet them at us I'm <laughs> yeah, really please. curious to see who we missed probably an obvious one yeah. uh, Oh, um, son. Ron would like that yeah. answer. Son. So, yeah, son would be a good one. Um, so this this one's from at Blaze Crusoe. Shout out to uh, Alex Crusoe's cousin. He says, <laughs> "We we miss Zuma on attacking set plays. Not saying he should have started. I just don't think we threatened De Gea enough. Why don't we take any shots from distance? Or are we spoiled from the Lampard, Drogba, Sen, David Luiz?" Fuck, even the Matic days. <laughs> Andreas, I mean, world. what do we got to do? Look, uh, let me go part one. Zuma, I've been saying for a while, yes, we miss him in set pieces. I, I think that you can interchange Zuma and Rudiger, and, and you don't eventually, once Zuma gets used to that back three, you don't see the difference, and you get the threat in set pieces. I agree there. Now, <laughs> Why don't we take any shots from distance? Have you seen how many shots from distance we've been taking recently? None of them are on target. And here's another reason why we don't take shots from distance. Mount is not in the midfield. Conte can't shoot. Kovacic can't shoot. Uh, Cho and Chilwell at wingbacks are not outside the box to to look for those shots. <laughs> like It's simple as that. Like The guys taking shots shouldn't be shooting. And that's why you're not – we're taking those shots. They're just not good. Like, we're shooting. You just 
Again, Rudiger has at least one per match. Kovacic does one through distance at least once per match. If we're down a goal, you'll even see Conte try to do something, and it's just like, guys, you're not good at these. Don't try them. The only guy that I feel comfortable doing this is is currently Mason Mount. Oh, no, not Kovacic. (laughs) He did get close. He's getting closer every match. He will get it. I promise you it's guaranteed by end of season. Kovacic will have an outside the box goal. He got he was on target today. An outside of the box goal, not even just a goal. I think just a goal in general is like a is like a pretty <laughs> is a bet. reach. It's a reach. Yeah. So outside you're the gonna box, throw that up. Yeah. Lock it in. Lock it in. I'm, Kovacic I'm doubling needs to down. spend the summer with Tony Kroos and perfect that like outside the box side foot low curler. Again, how could someone so technically gifted? And so, like, elegant on the ball. Be he's, so inept to hitting it with any sort of power. He's putting in like, work, okay? Don't worry. He's, he's going to get it. I promise. The second, the second he has to put any sort of power on that shot, it's, it's just a disaster. He kicks the ground. He kicks the side of the ball. I, I, he kicks the top of the ball. He doesn't get he, – he never hits the sweep. I, I don't understand it, guys. I really don't. And the same thing goes for Jorginho. I, I go on this rant every week, but it's true. All these guys are so technically awesome. The, how 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 is that a glaring weakness in their game? How have they developed as footballers all this time and one coach not look at them and go, hey, you need to shoot more at practice. Why don't you practice? Why don't you practice shooting? I just feel like that conversation hasn't happened enough with either of them. It's not a knock. I still love Kovacic okay, listen. and Jorginho. But yeah. I'm so confident right now that he will score an outside-the-box goal that I know one of our listeners out in England, like England's betting is just is, is crazy. They have like they, they take the most ridiculous it's, prop bets. Yeah. So I, I, if someone has a book out there that will take a bet, Kovacic scoring a goal from outside the box by the end of the season. You'll go in on it. If you put twenty dollars down, let's split. We'll split the winnings, and if you lose, I'll I'll send you some like a T-shirt or something like when we eventually make one. Um. So yeah, twenty dollars will split the winnings if he hits it. If not, yeah. I. How about if he hits it? If he hits it, we'll design a (laughs) T-shirt. We'll 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 take. We'll take. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take yeah exactly the picture of him taking the shot and we'll put it on a t-shirt. Right? <laughs> um, so that's how confident you'll, I am. It's gonna happen. You'll get it. You'll get a t-shirt autographed by the the whole dressing room of the Romans Empire pod. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. If you can. If, I got you, you guys a for a second. You're like, wait, you got that hookup? <laughs> like, yeah, let me get a shirt like that, bro. <laughs> Let me get that. I don't care about this bet. Yeah, let's. let's... For, if I ever get that, I'm keeping that shit for myself. Sorry, listeners. Oh wow. Okay. We don't. We don't. Bro, we, we can don't get so many listeners that contrary way. Contrary to popular belief. Zach, we yeah. can get so many listeners that way. You're not gonna make that sacrifice for the podcast. Come on. Who was they it? Will. Who was it a while ago that asked us um, during the transfer window, like if we had Our an sources. update? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who it was, but that was uh, pretty funny. Just have a couple friends that are that dabble in the footballing world. That's about it. Not too big. Um, so let's 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 go on to this Chelsea versus Liverpool preview. It's written as Liverpool uh, at Anfield. And the funny thing is, An and Farsi, An and Farsi means shit. 
So Liverpool at <laughs> Shitfield. Uh, that's that's literally awesome. What I didn't it know is. that. Yeah, Shitfield. That's that's every time I see it, that's what I think in my head. Um, so right now, obviously, you guys know the story behind Liverpool this season. Liverpool. Uh, or liver stool. It's the same thing, interchangeable. Uh, honestly, I like that. Um, six in the table, <laughs> one point behind us right now. Uh, so they've lost their last four home matches, but they are coming off a win today um, against uh, Sheffield United. Sheffield. Um, so their injuries right now: Jordan Henderson is out, Joe Gomez is out. Matip and Van Dyke are also out, so you know almost pretty much their whole backline defense. Um, Allison is supposedly planning on to, uh, to return, but it hasn't been confirmed. But also, Klopp t- said today in a presser that Fabinho and Diego Diogo Jota, Diogo Jota, however you pronounce it, may also be available. Um, so that is that could <laughs> the timing could not be any worse. Let's hope that they uh, have to sit out another week. But even if they come back, like, who knows whether they'll start, both of them. But um, I just remember Diego Jota, the beginning of the season, he was just exploding. He was going off, and uh, it was a, you know, I'll never root for an injury. But it was like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, like, he doesn't have, <laughs> that team is not going to continue to destroy for this rest of the season, so. Uh, we got a Twitter comment from at not Willie B Andreas's homie. Uh, I for, believe his name is what Greta Thornburg, something fan account. <laughs> it's just Willie. His real yeah. name is Willie, but yeah, his account's called the Greta Thornburg fan account. I'm a huge fan of hers as well. Um, he says, "All there is to say is that a win is needed. I couldn't care less if Mendy scored it." Liverpool. Oh, that's where we got Liverpool from. Uh, have given up points to everyone. If we don't, and if, if we don't capitalize, then that speaks volumes of our team. Uh, I mean, man, like to say that if we don't beat this Liverpool team, that's literally one point behind us. Uh, it's it, you know, it, it it speaks volumes about our team. Maybe that's a little too much, just because at the end of the day, we know the type of team they are. They are still filled with talent they are still the reigning champions um and if you know they get matip back plus diogo yota i mean not matip sorry uh, fabinho back plus diogo yota it could be a very tough match matchup andres i mean what what are you expecting to see from uh, our side hopefully i mean it just stinks because i don't think that Tuchel is going to come out and start someone like Havertz out of the blue, but I hope he would have the balls to do that. I think we need to be a little bit more dynamic in our offensive, in the offensive side of the ball. And I'd like to see a front three that includes, you know, either if, if Werner is starting, uh, you know, off of a striker, then, then Mount and, and maybe Havertz or, or if you're, risking it and putting Werner up top then then flank him with Polisic and and Mount and it's just I just want to see a a front three that can at least inspire me that chances are going to be created and right now I don't know if if Tammy's just officially just not in the plan 
or if he's just going to be a cup forward. I think Giroud overall had a bit of a stinker today. Um, so it's just one of those things where if if Liverpool doesn't have Van Dyke or Joe Gomez, I mean, they don't, period. Neither of those guys can play center back. Their third option, Matip, can't be there. Henderson, who was their fifth option, can't be there. there there's no... And these guys need to win. So they're going to be pushing forward. There's no reason why we couldn't play Timo and, and just blatant speed in there to, to to take advantage of that space in behind that they will eventually be having because Klopp is not going to sit back and wait for us. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And, and yeah, just kind of change it up a little bit, like I said, just so that we can kind of catch them quickly and early to put pressure on them. Because again, like you said, Sam, February was an odd month for them, but in January at the end of the month, they dominated Tottenham. They dominated West Ham who are right above us still in the table. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a tight game, but I really just hope that our front three is a little bit more dynamic than what we've seen recently. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, Andres is on to something, and I kind of agree with it. Normally, I, I like to take a more timid approach to these kind of games, like just just by habit and the way I played. I like to go defensive against teams like this and, and, and play these not to lose, but in this case, I, they're going to be there for the taking. Their form as of late has been, has been iffy, but like Andres said, they have that ability to kind of turn it on. Let's not forget, they are the defending champions. Um, and, and that front three is unchanged from the one that won the league and the Champions League. So they have the ability to hurt us. I think that goes without saying. But with their center back situation, um, it's, it's difficult to, to see how we could exploit that. Um, or it's, it's difficult to decide which way to go about exploiting that because there's, there are a lot of options. Um, I think if Fabinho comes back, obviously he's going to play there. Um, He's not necessarily the most physical player in the world. So playing a guy like Giroud, especially, I think they're going to start that Kabak kid, the one they got from the Bundesliga, um, who's not necessarily the most physical player either. And I think he's gotten a yellow card in, in, in almost every game he's played in. Um, but you could utilize Giroud's physicality against him, and I could see the logic in that. Um, or you could just burn him for pace. Um, with Werner, I see the logic in that too, especially because I think Liverpool are going to be gunning for us. This is a big, big opportunity for them to kind of flip their season um, in terms of getting back into that top four. Um, you know, they're only one point behind us, so if they win this, you know, they leapfrog us, and now they're all of a sudden they're onto something. Jota comes back healthy, Allison comes back. You know, and, and that's another thing to go that we didn't mention either. Um, you know, the terrible news about Allison, which which is awful, and, you know, we all offer our condolences. We don't wish that on anybody. Um, but the emotional impact of him coming back, that could be huge for Liverpool. And they could kind of ride that uh, emotion for the full 90 minutes. Um, and sometimes that could get the team over the line. So hopefully uh, that emotional uh, charge that they'll get um, won't bring them to the levels that we've seen them in, you know, last year or the year before when they were winning trophies. But um, I think this game's there for the taking. So I would really want to go with something more aggressive, like Andres said. 
I'd like to see Timo play off the left, uh, Giroud up top, and I want to see Pulisic um, uh, maybe get a run out if, if Giroud is not the one selected and, and maybe have him play on the left with Werner up top. Um, Mounts goes without saying. I like the Conte-Kovacic partnership. I think against Liverpool that's crucial because Conte is going to be needed um, to cut off the supply line to the wide areas for the Liverpool players. And let's keep, let's keep in mind, Firmino likes to drop in at the false nine and kind of occupy the same spaces that Bruno Fernandes did today. Um, and look and look how we shut him down. So maybe deploy a similar game plan to uh, nullify Fab, to nullify uh, um, Roberto Firmino. So um, you know we could cut off the supply to Mane and Salah. I feel good about it, guys. I, I'm just gonna kind of go in and, and give my prediction. I I say two two one Chelsea. I don't think we keep a clean sheet because Liverpool's gonna come at us and their front three is too good not to create something. Um, but I, th- I think we'll I think we'll squeak one out because their their defense has just looked god awful lately. And even if Fabinho does come back, there there is the whole he's been out for X amount of time. He's been out for a while, so to throw him right into a starting eleven in a match like that's going to be, he's going to have to raise his game, you know, tenfold. I don't feel as confident as you do, to be honest, because. I mean Liverpool at their at their at their peak I think at or at their best is better than Chelsea at their best as currently built and situated and both teams it's either hit or miss with them this season they've had matches where they looked amazing they've had matches where they looked like absolute dog shit and uh you know I just I just think that Liverpool's chance of being on is a little bit higher than ours, so I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a draw. I honestly think it will end in a draw, and I think that'll be a favorable result for us. They don't get the chance to leapfrog us. I know the other team below us is Everton. Uh, they have two games in hand, but we also play against them while they are are in a very congested portion of their schedule. So uh, I think if we come out with a draw, I'll be happy with it, and I also I guess I'm going to also predict it 1-1 draw. And Andreas. I'm going 1-0. I, I see exactly. I think we get a win, dude. I really do. I think look, this is a big game and 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 the academy kids know it for one. Tuchel knows it as well. And I have I have their head-to-head record here, and this doesn't validate my point whatsoever. But let me explain after. <laughs> they played 14 matches total, and and uh, Klopp has had Tuchel's number. Uh, Klopp's beat him nine times, and Tuchel's only beat him twice and drawn three times. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is he was not at a- Mines though. That's not yeah. fair. So so yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you, Andres, our Bundesliga. Roman's Empire pod expert for remembering hey, what? It. That's Come exactly on, what man. I was going to say. Look. What about me? Well, yeah. So, I mean, you <laughs> so and Gladbach. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Specifically Neuhaus. You got yeah, the 116th. Neuhaus. You got the 116th German, so. Yeah, um, I got you being on that address. But, <laughs> but my point is, not only are the players going to raise their levels, I think the manager is going to raise his level too. Tuchel's going to want to fucking win this game, guys. There is no way I see him 
after seeing this head-to-head record just now, there is no way I see him putting a timid lineup whatsoever. I think we're going to go for it. But uh, a key also is that um, he might be more inclined to do that because Cho might not be available. So if Cho's out, we have to play Reese James at wing back unless he has something else up his sleeve. But if Reese James plays at wing back, then we could he could com- more confidently deploy an aggressive front three, I guess you can say, as opposed to one like today that just was non-existent at times. And and I hate to like use this as a reason why his head won't be in the game, but mind you, Allison would be flying back from Brazil, if I'm not mistaken, after his father's passing, which was completely unexpected. And the guy has not had a month to remember in terms of his football either. So you have an unconfident keeper, jet-lagged keeper, like, and then there, his backup is who? Adrian, who's not good either. I mean, this is the best chance we have at getting a th- three-point swing on earth. I guess that would make us a four-point gap on Liverpool as we've ever had um, in recent history. Yes, their front three is, is scary good still, but we can't just absorb their pressure all game. Like, we have we to get conceive. something out of it. Yeah. And that's my point, is I think they're going to be so aggressive. We are going to concede against them. We always do. That front three is way too good for us to keep them out of our out of our net. But okay, Andres, here, here, yeah, this... I'm, I'm, I'm glad me and you are on the same page, and we're going to get this win. I think if we just – like today, we didn't create much going forward again. There was the, a few chances we should have maybe tried to do better in, but – the highest scoring team in the league got shut out by our our team. And yeah, I mean, don't let Salah get on his left foot. Don't let Firmino turn around on this false nine. And then just hope and pray to God that you can keep up with Mane's pace. I don't see why not. I'll tell you exactly the lineup that I want, okay? So okay. the back three the same. Okay, that that's interchangeable, whatever. Left wing back, I want Chilwell just because of his pace. Right wing back, I want Reese James. And then midfield, I want Ingolo Conte, Mason Mount. Front three, uh, Cho on the right. And then either um, either Giroud and Pulisic uh, as a striker and winger. Or, um, or Werner and Pulisic maybe as well. I mean... I don't know. I'm one of the one of those combinations, um, but I'd like to see a, that's a strong defensive base out wide because that's you know how threatening they are with their wing backs, their full backs, and um, I, th- I think that we need that creation up top. Mason Mount and and Ingolo Conte as the double pivot. I think that that's really solid for how 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 much Liverpool wants to dominate the midfield. I like those two to break things up and. I mean, I just want to see Pulisic and Giroud play together because, you know, when you have, like, they just play off each other. When he, when it's when it's Timo on the ball, he just runs straight to the byline. At least Pulisic runs towards the goal. He cuts in. He can play off of Giroud's, you know, one-two passes. And I just want to see that. And the team against, like, against a team like Liverpool, I think you're going to need that kind of stuff uh, in order to beat them uh, if, 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 we, if we want to win. Hopefully, hopefully he goes for that. But I mean, what, do you guys agree with that or? 
some variation. I, I mean, I don't know. We don't know if Cho's healthy, so that's my that's one the thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing. And, 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 and I I'm... know again, I, if Tuchel hasn't put Mount in that double pivot after this many matches, it's it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. As much as we wanted I'm to dreaming. happen, Song. I'm dreaming. dreaming. And you know what? You need to get your beauty sleep. So I think that's enough for tonight. Um, <laughs> but but those who are listening still, um, make sure you're following us at Roman's Empire Pod. Uh, we've also gotten a couple emails I've mentioned in the last few weeks. Um, reach out to us, guys. We, we really like hearing, uh, one, how you found us, and two, uh, how you became a Chelsea fan. And we're even here to talk. So RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. Until we play Liverpool, boys, our 2-1 victory with Reese James at wing back. Keep the blue flag flying high. See you next week.